Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Now, we know that the wisest place that you can reside is in the will of God. And to be in God's will, it means that you are committed to the purposes of God for your life. Let's say that another way. God has a call upon your life, what he wants you to do. And when you receive that call, with that obedience is going to come God's presence, his power, his provision into your life. But realize there's also going to come the attacks of the enemy. There are those who, whether they realize it or not, they are servants of the enemy. And that enemy, and of course I'm speaking about Satan, he will use those individuals against you. And they will bring hardship, difficulty, pain, adversity, sadness into your life. But in the midst of that, God will show himself, declare himself to be faithful. He will move in your circumstances and God will be a deliverer. As the scripture says, he will be our defense. So with that stated, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 71. The book of Psalms and Psalm 71. Now the author here, and by the way, we're not told who that is, but whoever the author is, he knows what it means to be in god's will he also therefore knows what it means to suffer for obedience and perhaps one of the reasons why people tend not to be obedient is because they don't want to suffer they don't trust god that he will deliver them and help them but the author of this psalm he is convinced And I believe convinced by experience. He knows God's faithfulness. So notice what he says. Look with me to verse 1. Psalm 71 and verse 1. Where this one declares, In you, O Lord, I take shelter. Now, this is a word of provision, of safety. So he says, In you, O Lord, I will find safety. I take refuge. And it involves, as we'll see in a moment, trusting God. In order to experience His help, His safety, His deliverance, we need to trust Him. That means we need to follow His Word, implementing it in our life by our behavior. And it's that obedience that brings about at God's timing a testimony of his deliverance, his help, his provision. So he says, in you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. And then he says, I will never be ashamed. Now, I realize that many Bibles translate it this way. Let me not be ashamed ever. But it's not a plea. I believe that we should affirm this as a statement of fact. What he's saying is, because I have trusted in you, I have taken refuge in you, O Lord. Because of that, he has confidence that he will not experience shame. He will not be ashamed. And notice what it says at the end of this verse, Leolam, meaning ever. The author has confidence, and that's what is being affirmed to you and me that we need to be as well confident in the lord look now to verse 2 now if we are sensitive to the leadership of the holy spirit what is going to concern us is righteousness 
and in order for us to know what is righteousness in this world we need to know the righteousness of god because he is what defines what is righteous so notice what he says in your righteousness you will deliver me and you will will cause me to escape now we see two things here in your righteousness and of course that your is yours O god god is righteous in your righteousness meaning this god is dependable what god has promised god will carry out and in this context righteousness is speaking about god being truthful to his word his promises what he says that he's going to do so we read look again at verse 2 in your righteousness you will deliver me and you will and this word here in the noun form it means to to be a refugee meaning one who has has been delivered one who has escaped to another location and this is what god's promising us in the midst of hardship difficulty sadness he is going to work to deliver us and he is going to reposition us in a place of safety in a place of his provision and then he says turn unto me your ear and save me now this also gives us insight when it says turn your ear to me the implication is that the author is is praying he is calling out to god and this is a very important principle because it's when you are in these difficult things that you need to bear testimony that you believe in god that you trust in his promises you cling to his word and that god is indeed this helping god this saving god this delivering god so you need to testify not just in prayer to him but publicly that you believe in that so when others see you're delivered that you have been rescued that you have been placed in a different position that you have escaped these things that they will know that the source of this deliverance is indeed the lord verse 3 he has become to me for and the next word is rock now i realize that many bibles will translate this with the concept of power or strength and that's fine but literally it is a word rock and instead of speaking about strength or power and god is indeed all of those things he is powerful he is strong but usually when we come across this word rock one of the things that should come into our mind is the foundation and that is that which causes us to stand now in the midst of these hardships and difficulties god is going to cause us to remain standing we are not going to be defeated we are not going to fall we are going to remain on our feet and that's why he says that you have become unto me for a rock and then he says and this next word meon is a dwelling place to come to continuously and again god is just speaking here about his continued faithfulness always he is someone that we can come to that we find help that he is our rock that is he brings and gives to us stability in very unstable times and we should have that confidence that even though it appears that we are in a very shaky circumstance and perhaps we are but we should have confidence that we're not going to fall that through god standing on him being on that firm foundation that we are not going to collapse but we are going to remain standing upon our feet and then he says look at the second part of verse three you have commanded to save me now i think that we should understand this in two ways not just that god has commanded for us to be delivered in this case he's making it personal that you have commanded to save me some of the commentators they point out that god has those ministering angels so he gives the command 
and they go to work in order to deliver us to cause us to experience that saving and that safety in a circumstance but i think we can also see it a different way that you have commanded and these commandments what god has commanded when we are committed to them when we are practicing them that brings about god's activity in our life it positions us in his will and when we're in his will we can have access to his provision and therefore this concept of of salvation is not salvation in the normal sense of forgiveness of sins and invitation into the kingdom of god no i believe in this context it's a synonym for simply deliverance for experiencing victory in a given situation so it's when we in the midst of these hardships trials suffering persecution that we remain faithful to what god has commanded it's then we will experience that salvation that deliverance that help in our our circumstances and once again he says look at the end of of the verse for my rock and he uses a different word and the first occurrence of that word rock I mentioned that many Bibles translate it as strong or power. It is the word tsur. But but here we have the word selah, which is a rock, like a boulder, a big rock. And he says here, for my rock and my fortress are you. And what it's saying is this, when I, in the midst of obedience to the word of God, his commandments, his instruction, when I submit to his instruction, then I can expect God to be that, that help, that rock, that fortress unto me. Verse 4, my God, and notice how the author, he is not speaking of God as a distant one, or one that he does not know personally but he says my god look again verse four my god and my and this is this word for for being one who is made to escape so it's a word for for setting free another concept of delivering and it says my god he will cause me to escape from the hand of the wicked one now here again this psalm has several words that are used here in guard to the enemy one who is wicked one who is immoral one who is ungodly unrighteous and therefore those are the enemies of you and me when we decide and hopefully we've already made that decision to be faithful to him to carry out his purposes to submit in obedience to the purpose and the will of god so he says my god you will will cause me to escape from the hand of the wicked and then we have another synonym for hand is more like the palm of the one who is unjust or unrighteous and the one who is and this last word chometz probably means it's related to sour but it's probably according to most of the commentators relates to one who is barbaric one who is very cruel so what is being said here simply it doesn't matter who the enemy is or what their objectives their purposes are how barbaric how cruel they may be doesn't matter who the enemy is if we're trusting and and depending upon our god by by demonstrating obedience to him that obedience is going to be like an insurance policy for us that in the midst of these attacks and these persecutions god is going to respond and he is going to deliver us he is going to cause us to escape then he says look at verse five because you and i love the vocabulary here you are my hope now what it's speaking about here and this word hope and by the way there is an inherent relationship between this word tikva for hope and an intimacy or closeness or being brought into the presence of god coming together with him so the author says for you are my hope o lord 
God. My, and then we have a word for trusting. That which I trust in from my, lo- my youth. So the author is saying here, not just in this current situation, but, but I have trusted you in the past from the time that I was very young. And what has God done? God has continued to show himself faithful to be that fortress to be that that strength to be that one who delivers the one who causes the author to to escape from the hands and the the palms of those who were in opposition to him so there's a consistency there's a history concerning concerning god in this man's life then look at verse six unto you i have relied from the the womb now this is word betten in hebrew it can be translated stomach but in this case is better understood like the word racham rachem which is a womb so the author is saying look again unto you i have relied from the womb and from the the intestines again another word for that that inner stomach the womb of of my mother and it says and you what happened well this next word gozi is a word for cutting meaning this you have cut me and that is a phrase for god being faithful to his covenantal obligations that he has cut this one free meaning this there was this this opposition this opponent and and he was cut free in the same way that you cut that umbilical cord to to mature and to move to another situation he was in the womb of his mother but no longer is he this way as god has caused him to mature and to go from one location to another following god's will he has this same consistent history of doing that and he says look at the end of verse six in you is my praise always and what should be emphasized in you now i mentioned especially when we study in the new covenant how that phrase in you relates to a covenant in a covenantal relationship and the same thing is true in this psalm when he says in you and what does he say in you is my hope always this one has never been disappointed by god when he remains faithful meaning this one remains faithful to his covenantal obligations and when he's in that faithfulness to that covenant he is experiencing hope that god moves him forward he delivers he helps in order to move him forward to the fulfillment of this covenantal relationship verse 7 now verse 7 i like because it it speaks boldly to god's faithfulness that god is going to use us as a testimony unto him look at verse 7 where he says like a a wonder now this is word mofet which means a wondrous miracle something that is miraculous but it really goes beyond a normal miracle to something that is outstanding and he says here look at verse 7 like a a miraculous wonder i have become to many now what the psalmist is saying is this god because of your faithfulness because of your deliverance you have made me and given me because i've remained committed to your will i have been faithful in carrying out your purposes therefore i have a testimony and that testimony speaks of the wondrous things that you have done in my life which serves as a testimony to others so again verse 7 as a wondrous miracle i have become to many and you you are a strong refuge now here's what the psalmist is saying i have testimony in my life that god you are for me the strong shelter 
this place of safety and notice the key word here is this word strong or powerful meaning this it doesn't matter who the enemy is it doesn't matter their number that god is greater than all of these things that are coming against this author and he comes through it he experiences deliverance he escapes the the plans and the the purposes of the enemy against him and he comes out with a testimony and now verse 8 he says my mouth will be full of your praise now again many like to say let my mouth be full of your praise but i like not to put a a petition but i believe it's a statement an affirmation where he says because of of what god has done because of this testimony look at the context he has become a wondrous miracle to many because of god's work in his life that work of deliverance that work of of safety that god has performed so therefore he says my mouth will be full of your praise and all day long your splendor now the emphasis is on god throughout this this psalm we see that the author is constantly wanting to praise god for what god has done in his life because this one as we'll see again is committed to the righteousness of god so ask yourself a question does that describe you are you committed to the righteous things of god and if you are you know what's going to be of the utmost importance to you the commandments now even though we're not under the law and even though without a temple that we cannot keep the torah in the letter of the law but through the spirit of god we are wise enough through that spirit through the revelation of god's word we are able to take all the commandments and apply them to our life faithfully so that we can have a righteous testimony do the righteousness of god that should be our utmost concern and when it is that that concern for righteousness and that commitment to righteous behavior is going to bring godly activity into our life no matter what we need god's provision will be there he will declare himself both through word and deed to be faithful to his people so he says once more verse 8 my mouth will be full of your praise and all the day long your splendor verse verse 9 he says you will not cast me at the time of my old age now again many want to say do not cast me away at the time of my old age but we can be confident that's not who god is god is not going to be someone who casts us aside simply because we get old we look at the scripture and we see that god elevates those who are old and who belong to him god takes great pleasure in those who are elderly but nevertheless have grown and mature in their commitment and their faithfulness so he says here you will not cast me away at the the time of old age and when my power comes to an end you will not abandon me now when he says here when i become old when i become weak when i become powerless when i become frail in other words god's not going to cast us away he's not going to abandon us we can have assurance because god is faithful to his people and once we enter into that covenant especially that new covenant relationship that was ratified with the blood of messiah we can be confident that the word of god says that he will never leave us nor forsake us and that's exactly what we're seeing in this verse verse 10. for my enemies have said to me now these enemies what are they doing they are constantly wanting to sow seeds of doubt to cause us to be uncertain there's no reason to be uncertain 
doubt is never something that that god wants his people to to have doubt robs us of of god's provision in our life doubt clouds our perspective so that we don't see things properly so again verse verse 10 because my enemies have said to me and who are his enemies those who are guarding his his soul meaning this those who are stalking him in order to put him to death what are they doing they are taking counsel together meaning this there is a group and they are david's enemies and they are taking counsel they are stalking him they want to see evil destroy david but we can be assured of something when we are concerned for righteousness we're not going to be experiencing evil rather righteousness and hear this principle there is an inherent relationship biblically between righteousness and the will of god when i pursue righteous things i am literally moving into god's will carrying out his purposes and therefore because i'm in his will what am i going to expect i can be assured of his provision everything that i need in order to serve him and everything that i need in order to overcome the plots and the schemes of the enemy we all know that verse that when we are in god's will the the plans and the purposes and the weapons of the enemy are not going to prosper against us so even those those who are stalking him and wanting to take his life they're taking counsel together they're not going to be successful they are not going to accomplish their objectives and what do they say well remember i talked about placing doubt that's their their weapon notice what they say verse 11 saying god god has left him now this is what the enemy wants us to believe that god he has abandoned us that's not who god is god is always faithful to his word and he has promised us not to leave us not to forsake us not to abandon us so in the midst of hardships in the midst of being under the attack of the enemy it may appear for a moment where's god that that i don't see god's help i don't experience his provision and and i think god has abandoned me that's the thinking of the enemy god has not there's simply a matter of timing when god is going to move and the longer he waits hear this the longer his waiting is the greater testimony you will have for that perseverance you will overcome that's what we've learned you will experience deliverance god will command for you to be saved that is to experience victory over that enemy but it's only a matter of timing so what do they say they say god has abandoned him and therefore because of that and it's a lie what do they say pursue and take hold of him because there is no matzil matzil is the the modern hebrew word for a lifeguard and it's literally the word for a rescuer or a deliverer so they're saying they're doubting and they're speaking lies realize something there is a very very close relationship between doubt and lies you go back to the garden in genesis chapter 3 and you will see that the enemy he used doubt by by speaking lies by speaking that which is false so do not believe the lies of the enemy god is faithful god is true so even though they say there is no deliverer from him there is no rescuer there is and god will show himself to be just that verse 12. for god now the author is speaking he says oh god you will not be far from me here again i'd like to translate it in the affirmation not as a plea god you will not be far from me my god 
for my help hurry now what he says here is that god you're not going to be far away from me and therefore you can respond quickly and that's what this word means that my help that you're going to provide it will come quickly now there's a difference between the word quickly and soon very important that we meet we understand that distinction for example in the new covenant concerning messiah it says that he is coming and many people translate this word soon when it means quickly and you say what's the difference well the difference is this soon means very shortly if i were to say that he's coming soon that means in a very short amount of time he is coming bible doesn't say that the bible says when he comes he is coming quickly what's the difference well it means that once he gets that commandment to come we know the scripture says concerning that day that that the father he alone knows not even the son so when he gets that commandment to go he is going to come quickly so he is able to at that right time immediately come and do that work of deliverance so it's going to come it's going to come quickly when it's the right time and then he says look now to verse 13 they these ones who are his enemies those who sow the seeds of doubt those who speak falsehood those who are contrary to the righteousness of god it says ultimately they will will be ashamed and they will come to an end who now notice this it's all those who bring adversity he says to my soul and in this case the term nafshi means my life but every aspect of his life especially that spiritual component of his life now this word adversary notice let's look at the scripture again he writes they will be ashamed and they will come to an end who will come so nay not she now it's very important that you pay attention if you do a good study of this word for those who want to bring adversity to david's life it is the same word the root for the term satan and it just shows that these ones who are speaking lies these ones who are his opponents are under the the leadership of that enemy under the leadership of satan and what's going to happen to them ultimately we'll keep reading second part of verse 13 they are going to be covered with reproach and with shame who's going to be the ones who seek and notice this next word my evil now what is evil that which is contrary to god's will and understand what really the battle is over the the author here he wants to move in god's will he wants to submit to god's purposes not just in a general sense doing the commandments but that personal call upon his life he wants to be faithful to god's call upon his life and the enemy knows that when someone is committed to god's will for their life that person has power that person is going to walk under the authority of god and have authority power that person is going to be a great great instrument for for the things of god and therefore that's why the enemy comes against him those who want to to afflict him bring adversity upon his his life all of his life but the emphasis is on that spiritual component they are seeking that which is against god's will for him and that's what the scriptures is emphasizing they are oppressing they are are in adversity against the will of god being realized and therefore instead of the goodness of god his will they want that which is evil look now to verse 14. this is what he says now the first word in verse 14 is one letter v normally it's translated and but you may need to know that in hebrew 
there's not like in modern hebrew we have the word aval which means but in biblical hebrew this conjunction va which means and at certain times can mean but and it's a conjunction of of contrast this is what they want they want david or excuse me the author to be to be full of of that which is against god's will for his life and what is what is the author going to do look at verse 14 but i continuously i will hope and hope is a powerful thing hope is related to the promises the written promises of god in his word hope is related to covenantal promises that god gives his people so the author says but i always i always hope and because of this hope what's it going to produce hope if you do a good study of this word it produces faithfulness when you hope and you have a true hope in the promises of god it's going to produce faithfulness and what's that going to do notice what he says and i will add concerning all your praise when we hope and there's an inherent relationship between the kingdom and hope hope ultimately is when we are committed to the kingdom of god and what is that going to do that is going to bring an increase in us praising god because hope when we are motivated by kingdom hope we are going to live faithfully that faithfulness is going to produce godly activity in our life from him from his angels from his holy spirit and because of that we are going to be the recipients hope brings about god's provision and that being a recipient of god's provision is going to cause us to praise you O god more and more verse 15. my mouth will tell of your righteousness now notice something here there is and this psalm like most psalms are our hebrew poetry so when we have hebrew poetry you should know by now there's a a main characteristic and that is parallelism and here we have the word righteousness my mouth will tell of righteousness your righteousness and all the day long your salvation what's parallel with righteousness the answer is salvation your righteousness O god is parallel with your salvation O god so we see how salvation and righteousness go together when one is saved they are going to be committed to the righteousness of god and it's the righteousness of god that's ultimately going to bring about his victory what victory the establishment of the kingdom of God. And notice what he says at the end of verse 15. For I have not known, and this word uh, completes this verse is a word for numbers. And basically he's saying this, I have not come to an end. I do not know the end of, of God's numerous faithfulness. God's, God's victory. I just keep counting them over and over and over more and more and more the the provision of god the victory of god the righteousness of god in a situation now notice because he is faithful to the things of god notice the outcome of that verse 16 i will come in might now that word might is in the plural so he says we could translate this way i will come in abundance might o lord god and i will remember your righteousness alone so i will remember your righteousness and your righteousness only is how we could say this so notice the connection between righteousness being committed and and being placed in in power when he says I will come in abundant mightiness, O Lord or God. I will remember your righteousness only. Verse 17. O God, you have taught me from my youth. And until now, 
I will declare your your wonders. So because this this one has been taught from the time that he was very young, whoever the author is, he has been taught by God from the time that he was a youth. What can he experience? He's experienced God's wondrous activity, these miracles, this marvelous deliverance that God God gives his people. And he says, from a youth, but also, look at verse 18, and also until the old age and gray hair, O God, you will not abandon me. Now, again, it's simply a statement of affirmation. He says, I've been taught by you from my youth, and I've experienced your faithfulness, O God. You being true to your prophetic promises. God does not lie. And he says, this was true for my youth until my old age, my gray hair. And he says, God, you will not abandon me. Why? Well, look at the middle of verse 18. He says, until I declare your arm to the generation. Now, this word, Zeroah, for arm, is a very important word. And I would, would strongly suggest to you that the word Zeroah, meaning arm, but it can also be related to an offspring. It can equally be translated as son. And I believe what the author is saying is this. Unto the time that I declare, that I proclaim your son to the generation, to all, he will come in your power. All, and it means just that, Messiah is coming to all. He is going to separate the goats from the sheep. He is going to cast those who have no new covenant relationship with him outside. And those who do have a covenant relationship, he is going to bring inside into the kingdom of God. And, and understand that everyone is going to experience Messiah, just like everyone's going to be resurrected from the dead. As Daniel says in Daniel chapter, chapter 12, in, in verse 1, where he says, in verse 2 as well, where he says that there's going to be a resurrection and everyone is going to be resurrected some to everlasting life and in glory and others to everlasting shame and contempt so there is a resurrection for all the question is what are they going to experience here he's talking about he's coming to all in your power meaning in your mightiness oh god verse 19 now, this is probably the third or fourth time we've had this concept of your righteousness. It says, and your righteousness, O God, unto high. Now, what it speaks of here is that there's a connection between righteousness and that which is high up. And what's the, the, the message? When we walk in the righteousness of God, we are going to see things from an exalted position, meaning this. We're going to see things from the position, the vantage point of God. And he says, your righteousness, O God, until the heights which you have made great things, O God, who is like you? So it's the uniqueness of God to do great things, but notice the key. These great things that God has done and will do, they all, how does this verse begin? Righteousness and your righteousness, O God. It is a, a kingdom righteousness, and it will produce great things that we can experience in this world when we walk according to kingdom truth. And kingdom truth always manifests the righteousness of God. Then he says, look at verse 20. Who will show to me, we could say this, you have, now it's literally, yeah, I guess we could translate it, you have shown me abundant troubles and evil. 
so he has experienced those things that are against god's will in his life and and he has experienced much troubles but what does he have faith in and this is where it gets really important the second part of verse 21 it says you will return and you will make me to live now what's he talking about here resurrection how can we be so sure and from the the depths now this is a word for abyss but it's in the plural so from the abyss of the earth you will return and you will bring me up now all of this is a a reference to resurrection and resurrection is so important because resurrection is is related to kingdom experience ultimately and we see this there's going to be a resurrection before the millennial kingdom there'll be a resurrection before the the new jerusalem simply to show us this connection between the concept of resurrection and kingdom and the author here is saying this the author is saying whatever happens here ultimately there is coming that great deliverance that that great rescue this great escape from this body and everything that can harm this body and what's going to take me away from these things resurrection that's why he says in verse 20 for you will return and you will cause me to live and from the abyss of the earth you will return and you will cause me to rise up verse 21 you multiply my greatness now these are these great things that that the author is going to experience god's going to multiply that and it says and shall go around meaning surround him we could think of go around him what he says my comfort so there's a relationship between the great things that the author is going to experience and they all serve as comfort unto him verse 22 also i i will give thanks with an instrument what type of instrument with a harp and your truth my god i will praise or sing to you concerning your truth with and here it's with a violin and who's he singing to the holy one of israel now notice we are seeing things more and more related to the kingdom and now god is called the holy one of israel now i've read the bible several times i've never seen the holy one of palestine and let me just simply say to you don't use that term that term is never properly applied to the and by the word of god to the land of israel and those who use this term they are not kingdom minded israel is the kingdom word so it says here i will sing unto you with a violin the holy one of israel now verse 23 my lips will shout and this means to shout with joy for i will sing unto you now this word for singing or praising it's it's the word here ki azamra lach for i will sing unto you or i will praise you who my soul why which you have redeemed so notice there's a concept here redemption it's this word padita you have redeemed so my soul which you have redeemed and notice it's the soul why because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god our hope ultimately the great things of god we're not going to experience in this body in this flesh we're going to experience the greatest things of god his kingdom promises with a new body because we've experienced this redemption last verse verse 24 also my tongue all the day long will will speak of what your righteousness now this word for speaking is a unique word it's usually translated with the word for meditating 
but it's meditating, thinking over and over about the righteousness of God. But because we have the word here, Lishoni, for my tongue, therefore we have the concept of speaking of what? Speaking your righteousness. For for they, they that are opposed to this, those who are persecuting the author, it says they will be ashamed and they will bear reproach. Literally, it's in the past. For they are ashamed, for they have borne reproach and it's just going to get worse. And who are those? The ones, and this is the second time it said this, the ones who have seeked what? Those who have sought the the evil for the author meaning they don't want god's will now let me conclude by simply saying this the holy spirit moves in a believer's life in order to position us in the will of god and to equip us to stay there doing the will of god so we're in the will of god and we're carrying out the will of god we will have an anointing for those two things to get in god's will and to continue by doing the things according to his will and the enemy moves for one purpose to move us out of god's will and what is that evil when you're not in god's will you're located in evil and all these things that the enemy is doing is has one purpose one objective and that is to move us away from being in god's will and doing the faithful things that god would have us to do this author whoever it was he understood spiritual principles and how to wage a spiritual warfare successfully he trusted in god and he knew the importance of god's righteousness being received by him and demonstrated by him and when you are walking in the righteousness of god doing his righteousness you are going to see how god mightily moves and demonstrates his faithfulness and why It is wise to always trust and depend upon him because at that right time, no matter what the enemy is doing, you will experience that deliverance, that rescue, that victory, that salvation. Well, I'll close with that. Until next week, may God bless you. Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.